New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Michael Toms. Welcome to New Dimensions Cafe. Today I'm hosting Wes Scoop Nisker. Scoop Nisker is a Buddhist meditation teacher, author, radio commentator, and performer. And he's the author of a number of books, including The Essential Crazy Wisdom, The Big Bang, The Buddha and the Baby Boom, Buddha's Nature, and Crazy Wisdom Saves the World Again, Handbook for a Spiritual Revolution. Scoop, welcome to New Dimensions Cafe. It's nice to be here with you, Michael, drinking this coffee. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it makes me uh, think about the fact that the coffee and tea growers of the world actually are holding the Western industrialized societies hostage because they have this dark liquid that runs, that fuels our our manic uh, hyper engines. And why don't they form a cartel like the uh, oil cartel, OPEC, OPEC yes. CAPEX, you know, uh, caffeine producing countries of the world, you know, they could hold us hostage and say, you know, either you pay more money for our product or, uh, you know, it's CAFEX for you. you know? <laughs> yeah, right. CAFEX being an alternative uh, beverage. Yes. Yes. Scoop, you've been doing this for a long time and you're f- certainly familiar with other cultures. You've spent time in other cultures and the work that you do and the fact you've been giving talks on Buddhist meditation around the country, around the world, actually. I'm wondering, from your perspective in this moment in time, how you see what your perspective is on the current ever-changing, ever-morphing worldscape. How do you see it? Whenever I think about where we are in history, I cite the statistic widely accepted by, by evolutionary scientists and biologists that we're living through Uh, the fourth or fifth largest extinction spasm in biological history. Species are dying out at a rate 1,000 times what is considered normal. And it's obvious that most of the devastation is being caused by our species. Uh, We overpopulate the planet. We have way too many of our species. Uh, Nobody talks about population control anymore. Our Consumption levels are way over the top. The planet just can't sustain our current styles of living, even, uh, you know, if we cut back a bit. Uh, we're we're going to have to really change our lifestyles and our ways of living. And I think we're at that moment where there's this new culture that's been bubbling up for the last half century or so of, uh, you know, back to the land, uh, the new modern environmental movement, trying to find uh, suitable tools, you know. I think we're, we're at a point where we really have to retool and rethink our way of living. It's a critical, critical moment. I try to be as light as I can about it, but I think it's, you know, for future generations, we, we have a lot of uh, serious uh, changes to, to come. So what do people do? What do you do? I, you know... My friend and mentor, uh, Joanna Macy, says, you know, this is a great time to be a bodhisattva. There are a lot of opportunities to be a hero. And and really, consider that, you know, you will live simply and uh, try to find the the joy and the beauty in that. Because that's really, there's some great joy and beauty to be had in living simply. And think of, you know, cutting back on consumption as a sacrifice for the sake of life itself, as a, you know, a contribution so you have both a kind of 
purpose in your life to become part of this ongoing experiment and to give yourself over to it. And you also might find a, a lot more satisfaction. I mean, that's what the ancient wisdom traditions have been telling us, you know, all along, that the busyness and the acquisition and the consumption is not lasting. It doesn't bring lasting satisfaction. So maybe this moment, this critical moment in history is going to turn us in, in a direction that is going to be not only more sustainable for the planet, but uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. We're going to go back to community. We're going to dance in the moonlight. So what insights or suggestions you might have for people that have been exposed to the mass media, uh, you know, CNN, constantly negative news, uh, from getting depressed, from being, you know, kind of like, oh, well, so what can I do? Just d disempowering themselves. Um, well, on a practical level, I think uh, considering that locally you can make a difference and that in your community of friends and in your families, just by being sort of feeling your own aliveness and being awed with that, being happy with that, you bring that kind of energy into your community and into your family. And you can make a huge difference just in the way you are. Aside from that, you, of course, there's a lot of things you can do to help people. But I think that is a is a huge contribution. And then to try to have a bigger perspective, to really connect to um, to an understanding of just even human history, you know, and how these critical times are often times of great uh, advancement and great great leaps of innovation in our in our tool making and in our understanding of ourselves. So, you know, just to try to see that the opportunity in change and the opportunity in this critical moment. Also, too, I think, look at just recent history. Uh, you know, apartheid was forever. The Cold War was forever. Northern Ireland was forever. Uh, and these things have all changed. They've all shifted. They've all transformed. Yeah. Pretty amazing. That's great. Yeah. I love, I love taking that perspective. I think if you take a, like a deep time, real deep time perspective, you, a biological time, you find... 2,500 years is a blink of a blink of an eye in biological time, and that was when Socrates and Lao Tzu and the Buddha were alive. That was a huge shift of consciousness. In our time, we have Darwin and Freud and Jung and Einstein and Hubble. We have, we're, we're getting a whole new picture of who we are in the scheme of things. Uh, it's a, exciting to, to start to explore this new story and uh to see that we're connected to everything and that we, you know, we're part of it all. And and the conclusion that you have to come to if you f see yourself as part of it all is, uh, you know, I want to help it uh, continue and flourish and thrive. I often am reminded that, uh, and I like to say this as, much, as often as I can, I get the opportunity, that we are the seventh generation following Thomas Jefferson. Uh, and using the, the Native Americans, the idea of seven generations, we should make decisions based on seven generations. Hence, uh, if you compute from when Thomas Jefferson passed on, and every if we count up the generations, we are the seventh generation. We are it. We're <laughs> yeah. the ones we've been waiting for. Yes, I've so heard you talk about that before. I love that perspective. Yeah. yeah. And and also, you know, we are, we are on the cusp of this big change. I think a lot of 
people in the baby boom generation have felt that way their whole lives. Like, you know, we are part of big change. We are part of shift of consciousness, shift of paradigm, you know, and uh, so let's shift and, uh, and, and go in another gear. Yeah. And I think it's a slower gear. And it's interesting, the baby boom generation now, I think that this is the, what, 2008, this is the anniversary, I guess. This is when baby boomers are actually turning 60. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I think baby boomers are facing is the demise of their parents, mm-hmm. their elders, and so forth. And this is a whole other dimension of, of consciousness change. How do you see that? Well, I think we should march, you know, with our walkers and our, our wheelchairs and our canes. And we should demand that our Social Security will say, uh, hey, hey, ho, ho, now we're old, we want our dough. Hey, 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 we don't want to let them get away with doing away with Social Security. I can see that going across the Memorial Bridge. Yes. <laughs> heading up Pennsylvania Avenue. And... I, I find aging to be somewhat of a shock. You know, I, I think, you know, you kind of say, yeah, 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 you're going to age, and, you know. But, but then when it actually starts to happen, you really get it. And uh, it's a sobering experience. You know, I think we'll do it with, with some wisdom. If we'll still have our retirement money is another question. But, but I think our generation's pretty wise as we go into it. I think it was interesting that, you know, you and I came, you know, came up through the 60s. So we were in San Francisco during the 60s, which was an amazingly uh, life-changing time. And mm-hmm. it was for me. I'm sure it was for you as well. It, it's hard to imagine us as being elders now. We're kind of like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, like, where, where did those 35 years go? Where did they disappear to? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. And here we are. And it's like, you know, dude, I, don't, I don't feel 68 years old. You don't look 68 years old either. Oh, that's good. I'm glad of that. Yeah. But it's like, and, and you don't you don't look your age either, you know? I yeah. Mean, you've got a head of black hair and it's full, no gray. I mean, mine's a little different, you know? Yeah. I don't feel my age either. I, I still feel, you know, like a kid. I, I kind of like uh, anything can happen at any time, you know? Yeah. Play is important. Play is important and, and being able to be surprised and awed. And, and it still happens almost daily. Yeah, really, it's true. There's so much to appreciate about life. There's so many good things. Yeah. Uh, Hafiz says it well. He says, Oh, wondrous creatures, by what strange miracle do you so often not smile? Yeah, really. You you know, when you think about the fact that you are composed of a hundred trillion cells, all of them working for the same organism, yet all of them having a life of their own, and inside of each of your cells is uh, mitochondria, uh, a little being that is transforming the sun's energy into your living energy without you having to, you know, consciously do anything. Uh, your brain processes approximately 11 million bits of information a second. All the information coming from all over your body and all from your, all your senses. And I mean, we're phenomenal creatures, you know. It, it's It's a... It's an awesome prospect when you consider just how we live, how our life goes on. And we're star stuff. We're made up of the stars. I yes. Guess. So we're part of the universe, whether we like it or not, and we're there. We are stardust. We are golden. And we've got to get ourselves back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the garden. Really. 
So recognizing that we can't, we, none of us can predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen next. But if, if we were to fast forward to the year 2020 mm-hmm. and you had all your druthers, no obstacles, uh, what would you like to see the world be like in 2020? Okay. Well, first of all, no more private automobiles. You know, even the presidential candidates and all the, you know, all the environmentalists talk about alternative fueled cars and, you know, electric cars. I I think that's the wrong direction. It's time to get out of the private sphere and create commons. And nothing creates commons like like like, uh, community transportation, trains and buses. And I mean, even if you have alternatively fueled cars, you still have pavement everywhere and parking lots everywhere and congestion everywhere. It's crazy. That's one thing. I mean, I, there's, a, I, there's a list of things that I would like to see, but I, I think that's indicative of all the things pointing towards more community, to, towards less individualism and, and much more of a, a sense of, of belonging and inclusiveness in all of our activities. Well, perhaps the power of the power of the individual in the midst of the circle, where it's like standing on your own two feet at the same time, recognizing that the next century is about working with one another and working and working together. Mm-hmm. That's a nice Not image. Not denying yeah. The, the, yeah. the individuality, but maintaining that power and and working with others. Mm-hmm. I like that because it's uh, it really is. We have to get through this thing together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Scoop, it's great to go out with the giggles so thanks so much for being on New Dimensions Cafe yes, nice to be here and uh, I'll have another cappuccino have another cappuccino I've been speaking with Wes Scoop Nisker and he's the author of a wonderful book called Crazy Wisdom Saves the World Again Handbook for a Spiritual Revolution you'll want to pick it up at your local bookstore or Amazon.com, wherever you can also get more information about Scoop's work by going to the website Wes Nisker, N-I-S-K-E-R dot com, or Scoop Nisker dot com. You can also get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. And I'm Michael Toms. It's been great hosting you on the New Dimensions Cafe. Thanks for joining us. Come back again. Bye for now. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.